Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, guys? It's me, Gabrus. And uh, I just, before you get to my episode, by the way, thanks for listening. I just want to let you know that I'm going to be doing some live dates in the new year. So get yourself some tickets. Um, uh, the weekend of the 16th, 17th, 18th, I'll be doing a little Northeast. I'll be in Littlefield, Brooklyn on January 16th. I'll be at Great Scott in Boston on January 17th. And I'll be at the Ruba Club in Philadelphia on January 18th. Um, and then in February, I'll be doing a little Texas tour. Don't worry. It's after the Super Bowl, Texas, so you can come out on the weekend. It's uh, February 6th. I'll be at the White Oak Music Hall in Houston. On February 7th, I'll be at the North Door in Austin. And on February 8th, I'll be at the Son of Herman Hall in Dallas. Do yourself a favor. Get all your tickets at headgum.com slash live. You'll see links to all the tickets for my shows. Uh, so that's January 16th, 17th, 18th in Brooklyn, Boston, and Philly, and uh, February 6th through 8th in Texas, Houston, Austin, and Dallas. Thanks so much. Hope to see you out there. See you soon, shitheads. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy. Told you it was an obnoxious intro. The number one fuckboy. The number one fuckboy. All you gotta do is trust me. Johnny G joining me as always in the High and Mighty studios. My nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Too loud, scared him away. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios, first time guest. I'm a fan of his. For, uh, has, his new album is out now, The Only Man Who's Ever Had Sex, Podcast Suicide Buddies. It's Dave Ross. Hey, buddy. Hello, sir. I told How you it was you? obnoxious. Oh, yeah. man, you're killing me already, yeah. dude. This is the exact level of uh, like non-acquaintanceship that makes a podcast, that makes that intro uncomfortable for me. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm Oh, like, I totally understand. When it's like a friend who already knows the kind of my personality that I'm like a piece of shit. I'm like, it's yeah, less, but when you, I'm it. like, hey, let's uh, come over to my house, do my podcast, let me shout at you. Well, to maybe uh, assuage any uh, remaining worry you might have, I you just said it. My album's called The Only Man Who Has Ever Had Sex. <laughs> And it's and so maybe you could guess that I'm in the exact into the exact same type of thing. You know what I mean? Like you when you screamed what's up shitheads, I was like, This is this is what comedy needs to be. 
because I'm like uh, I'm like a dude who's masculine who uh, is terrified of masculine shit, but also <laughs> likes making fun of it. You know? Yes, I'm exactly. I- <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. I'm only masculine because I'm a comedian. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm only considered uh, masculine or alpha because I came up at UCB. It is so funny <laughs> that you like you literally have a show where you scream "What's up, shitheads," and it makes you insecure. That's <laughs> so funny, dude. That describes every comedian I like. Like, I love doing stand-up, and I hate doing karaoke. How is that possible? <laughs> I know. I cannot stand karaoke. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know if I like doing stand-up, but I, I, <laughs> I like right. the attention it garners and not having to share it with six other improvisers. Right. Oh, so I'm man. learning. I'm learning to really enjoy stand-up. Yeah. Are you still doing much improv? Uh, I still do, like, Ask Cat at UCB every once in a while. I'm sort of uh, unplugged a little bit from that. You sure. Know, I get my... Uh, improv itch scratched uh on the microphones like sure. constantly guesting on people that's my new because like improv shows are so ephemeral you're not like building towards anything and once right. once you've one i believe once you're very good uh like you are you all, i'm are very you? good at improvising. <laughs> I, I, I fucking better be i've been doing it for fucking 15 years <laughs> right if yeah, i'm not yeah. good at it that's embarrassing <laughs> for me of course it is just the sentence i'm very good is so funny oh i'm dude. very good at improv is like saying i'm very good at karaoke <laughs> i'm so good at jerking off i suck at having sex it's like cool that's like what i feel like saying i'm very good at improv means i'm good with puppets it's like the most it's a weird brag wow but yeah that well here's the thing i'm so good at improv this is what it's garnered me i'm a sure. decent podcast guest at this point 15 you know, years of training dude i i could not be with you more i like i've been guesting on podcasts a lot more recently because of the album and loving it and just being like can i do this i love that i i'm not in charge i only talk when i have something funny to say or when i'm asked a question oh i love oh. it and once I have like a, you know, once you have like a little bit of a podcast rep, people are like, oh, maybe having him on my podcast will help me. Totally. It doesn't. Don't tell anyone. But yeah, having totally. me going to other people's podcasts to me is like, I've been in a relationship now for, I, I'm in a relationship. I'm married, <laughs> but I've been with the same woman for like over 16 years. Mm-hmm. So I've never sat across from a stra- like, so to oh, me, going like a to date. a stranger's apartment to do improv, to do their podcast to me is like as close as it gets to a date. So I'm I don't, sure. I try not to listen to people's podcasts either. So I could just show up and be like, throw at, throw me at in this fucking, what do you got going on? I need to recommend 11 movies and star so-and-so. I'm in, let's fucking play. LA really is like never ending creativity Tinder. Yes. <laughs> Just like, ooh, uh, maybe I'll work with them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it, re- it is. And it is yeah. like, oh, hey, uh, Dave, we had fun on the podcast. Hey, man, if you ever want to, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, immediately. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so humiliating. <laughs> You're like, I actually enjoyed our time talking to each other. Would you want to do something like this yeah. again? Are you asking me out to write <laughs> to... a project? <laughs> I walk out your front door. We both throw up. Like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's like broke back mountain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you've been writing with Dave again? Uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, writing. <laughs> yeah, we got to go to the another retreat to get our writing done. Uh, when Mars over at HeadGum was setting up us talking about the uh, podcast, connected us over email, one of the things I asked people to do is like throw out some topics and see if we if anything jives. Uh, one of your topics was the topic we're currently doing, yes. Brad Pitt, oh, and it dude. hit me. So fucking hard. Good. I, I think 
I'm obsessed. I've been obsessed with the guy for a long time. Yeah. I think he's one of those rare cases of like he's insanely handsome and also talented. Yes. Uh, okay. So yeah, I am very excited that you're into this topic, especially now for for that reason. Because I I don't know what am I trying to say? Uh, because he's so handsome, I didn't notice what a big fan of his I was for a long time. And I definitely admittedly, you know, as much as I like to think of myself as a feminine boy, yeah. I'm a dude with dude stuff in my brain and without even meaning to, I think I hated him. Right. Well there is yeah. that thing of like yeah. you hate the especially some guy. Yes. Especially <laughs> to me, the hardest the people I hate the most that I have to fight against are handsome guys who also happen to be able to do comedy pretty well. Yes, like, like yes. Uh, John Hamm, Ryan Gosling, when they're actually funny and stuff, I'm like, come on, motherfucker. Yeah, fuck like, you. Let, yeah, this is for the freaks. Move on. <laughs> yeah, well, and with Brad Pitt, it's particularly... I think I'm experiencing right now, I'm experiencing it, like an extreme level of Brad Pitt fandom because I staved it off for so long. So I like... He's so handsome and such a, he's unique in that like a lot of people that are like handsome and good actors and that are also good at comedy and shit. Most of them aren't also a straight like a George Clooney type. Like right. he's both. He is the leading man in a bunch of movies to the extent where I just wrote him off as like I didn't even pay attention to his character acting. Right. And then sometime recently I was like. Nah, man, he's like one of the best character actors of all fucking time. Like, yeah. you can't argue it. Yeah, it's yeah. he's so fucking. It's funny the way you said like your fandom hit hard because you've been staving it off. You've been like edging with your Brad Pitt <laughs> fandom, and now and, uh, it's climax. You know, <laughs> and yeah. I can tell, I can maybe guess the moment at climax because for me, I if I if I oh I can't wait. I've got a little. I've got plenty of that. Uh, uh, male gay, female gaze in my brain, yeah, and yeah. Brad Pitt on the roof in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when he takes his shirt off. I'm not joking. He's he's so good as an actor in that movie. He's so funny. His character is like the kind of person I kind of want to be in a weird way. Yes. And then when he takes his shirt off, and I realize this dude is like 20 years <laughs> older than me and looks younger. Yes. Uh, but also he looks like Kumail Nanjiani yes which is such a <laughs> this reference would make no sense six weeks ago <laughs> I think even like two days ago I know. yeah um, yeah no 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 dude it's I, I I'm so pumped for Kumail I Me love that too. I put myself in his head and I was like dude imagine any of the stuff sounds crazy like all that training and shit sounds nuts the craziest thing to me sounds uh, is taking that photo dude I know <laughs> to I me know. imagining going like hey can you take a shirtless photo of me with good lighting I would be like where what have I become <laughs> right totally and you know I, yeah I couldn't be more happy for him and it's funny like I know well simply judging by how people have reacted which is to make a meme out of it right in my entire feed is that meme I knew it was terrifying. You look at it, and it's terrifying for him. Yes. But, like, yeah, man, you think about all the things that could happen to you in entertainment. Certainly being a star of a Marvel, of a new Marvel series of movies <laughs> would be up there. Yeah, that's pretty there. cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it comes with it. <laughs> but I don't think that's even more attainable in my brain than the idea of looking like that. Oh, like, it yeah. might be easier to book them. I, I, one time on this podcast, I said to my buddy Adam Pally, I was like, dude, all I want in life is to get a gig where they need me to train or like I have to ride yes. along with cops or I have to join, go to boot camp. And Pally, and he goes, well, that's the only way you're going to live past 50. <laughs> and I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> career yeah. mandated exercise and nutrition. 
Yeah, no, totally. I'm so tied to money in my life that if you were like, look, we're going to pay for you to get Jack, I'd be like, yes, finally, motivation <laughs> I need. Yeah. I know, man. I mean, I've been trying to be more in shape forever, and it works a little bit here and there. Yeah. But then, I, you know, I, literally what happens is, Day six, I get sad, and I'm like, well, I'm going to eat a whole cake. And uh, <laughs> I think you're like, look, I earned this. Two. I worked uh, right. worked out a bunch. Mm-hmm. I could eat this cake, and then you eat the cake, and then you're like, well, now I don't feel like working out. And yeah. then tomorrow, you have like cake-induced diarrhea, <laughs> and you're like, well, I'm not going to get... I don't have time to get to the gym. I've been shitting in between my two meetings. <laughs> and then you're like, all right, well, now I might as well... Well, it's Thursday. I could start working out Monday. And then next thing you know, it's fucking February 11th, and you haven't worked out in six... It, absolutely. I'm on day six of a backslide, and I was, I was just on four months of unbroken like hitting it hard i've dropped like 20 pounds put on muscle it was going great damn and now i'm on like day six of a backslide my intention is to hit my dumbbells later on today okay and reinst because now i'm also flying home for 12 days of fucking lasagna and red wine yeah (laughs) no yeah i'm in i'm like two or three weeks into a backslide after a a couple months of being very good and uh so I realized, like, I have to just ride it. I mean, I'm going to work out this week, but it's also like there's no getting back into a routine because of the lasagna that's right. about to take over my life. Yeah, and how do you – I mean, we'll get back into Brad Pitt in a second, but this is just something that's been on my mind a lot lately. How do you feel – once you're once I was exercising so frequently, I truly started to feel mentally better. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I can feel, like, malaise or something seeping yeah. in in the last few days of just sort of like – well, with the holidays coming up, and I'm kind of stressed about having to fly and spend time with my family and jump all over the tri-state area to see my in-laws and see a, a friend. And I'm like, it's getting to me a little bit, and way more than it should. And I think it's because yeah. I'm backsliding, and I'm, not, you know, I sleep better when I exercise. Oh, so yeah. like it all, and I well, I, it all compounds on itself. Right, you sleep better, you get to bed earlier, you get excited to get up. Yeah, you're then, tired. Like right. you're like actually tired, like an earned tired. Right, uh, and. Uh, but now I feel like all these, and part of it is me saying, I can't believe I haven't worked out in five days, which puts the nugget in my head that things are bad. And then I start, and then next thing I know, I'm like fully depressed. Right. (laughs) Like if I don't, not in a short period of time, but I need to like a switch, like back this off a little bit. Uh, No. Yeah. I'm the exact same way. And you know, what makes it harder actually is that like, I, um, I tour, that's like my job now. Right. And I'm because of this partially i'm like switching around my touring to make it so i'm not gone for like a month and a half on end i just like do little weekends yeah but even so my first foray into that as a solo i bet hampton and i uh hampton yunt from my podcast we've been doing like co-headlining things and i was like okay how do i figure out how to do this on my own and then so i did the first one of those in chicago i just went there for three days um and literally it went great but I got drunk every night. I got really drunk every night. Well, because you're like, I don't have to work again until 6.30 yeah, p.m. tomorrow. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and my I don't life, have to get up till 5 p.m. Like, I, mean, I could it, arguably stay in bed all day. <laughs> totally. And yeah. I'm like, with good friends I never see, and right. like they're excited that and you're I'm there, there for work, which is like <laughs> a positive energy. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, yeah. And I can trick myself into thinking I don't have to do anything during the day. That like I'm not there, so I don't have to answer emails, which is ridiculous because I do have to answer those emails. This is so funny. You're talking. <laughs> this is exactly the turn. I'm in my late 30s. I don't want to speak on how old you 37. are. 37. Yeah, 37 yeah, as yeah. well. And it's like one of those uh, things where. You just start to realize like what you now kind of require to survive, yes. <laughs> and I. Uh, this is weird. You say this last time I was just on tour in Chicago last month with a po- with Action Boys, my other podcast, 
And one of the guys is like a personal trainer, super fit guy. And he's like, let's go to Equinox during the day. I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> let's go to the movies. Let's smoke crazy? weed. Let's go eat uh, beef on wet. Like, let's go eat fucking an Italian beef sandwich. He's like, let's go to the gym. It'll be great. And I went to the gym and I was like, I've never done that on tour. Yes. I, I'm not even, I've not, I don't even think I've ever made one healthy decision when I'm away on tour. Yeah. To me, and what you have to learn is when your career is touring, it's not vacation. It's not vacation. And that's like, I, I'm, I've been touring with between UCB and festivals and stand up and podcasts. I've been touring for 15 years. Yeah. And I'm just learning that it's not, va- especially when you go, like, you're talking about those month and a half oh. and you're like, oh, well, I fuck it. I'll get my life back together in eight weeks. It's not a way for an adult man to live. Especially since you won't. Right. And then you come back and you're like, I come back and I'm still a pothead comedian. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's not like I'm back on the fucking <laughs> army base where I'm going to be like getting right back into it. <laughs> Totally. And you like you developed habits over those two months. Oh yeah. That, so you come home and first you have your week your burnout week. Yeah. Where you're just like well, actually the first thing that happens to me, it goes like this. I get home and the first day I'm like, Well, I get one more day of still being a piece of shit and I eat right. Jack in the Box for three meals and I get blackout drunk and then and I'm like, Well, I want to do that for two more days. And then <laughs> and then I have a week where my brain is like just lay in just go in bed and don't leave that bed. Because your life has been a fucking weird yeah. party for two months. and But then there's also, because it was like a work uh, bender, you also can justify, you're like, well, you can break. get like, yeah, you yeah. can get like a nice two days of rest. And it's yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to spend two days lying in bed, jacking off while my wife is at work. And then I'm like, all right, back to life. And it's like, people are like, where have you been? Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> you went on a two day tour and then came back and spent five days in recovery. <laughs> totally. And yeah, you're so right, man. This is like a thing. Because I, I didn't even, I hadn't been drinking. I had quit drinking for like two months. And I'm not like in AA or anything, so it's not like I, I fell off the wagon. It's not like that kind of problem. Right. But um, I've been doing it for health reasons, and also I just like drinking less. And then sure enough, I show up in Chicago, and inside of an hour, I'm drunk. <laughs> and then I do it, and then I also am a bad performer hungover. I just am. Probably everyone is. Yeah. And so, whether we want to admit it to ourselves yeah, or not, it yeah. certainly doesn't help. <laughs> no. uh, and uh, it like is biologically proven that you're not as good at whatever you want if you're hungover. <laughs> totally, uh, you're sick. You're yeah. you're sick. Your brain yeah. is not working the way it's supposed yeah. to. Um, and uh, so, like, I got there Wednesday, and then my headlining show was Friday, and uh, and so. Getting drunk Wednesday night, I was like, ah, whatever. I haven't seen my friends in a while. And then yeah. I was like, no, Thursday, I really need to not. Arthur, get off, Dave. Dude. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> He's presenting like you all his toys. <laughs> Arthur is toy in mouth on my lap <laughs> while we're He's like, working. what do you think of this fox, Dave? Huh? <laughs> Watch me rip its fucking ears off. He is presenting it to me. Yeah. It's so funny. He will eventually... Yeah by the end of this record, have all of his toys next to you. Because I think someone once explained to me mm-hmm. that uh, these are his favorite things that he has. Uh-huh. So when people come over, he's like, look at, here's my cool shit. And like, <laughs> he wants you to be like, you're like, oh, cool. This is cool. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, wow. And you know what? Good job. <laughs> thank you, Dave. <laughs> Weird dog tear. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he's like been a going piece through of food <laughs> comes out yeah. of his eye. Like, <laughs> kibble rolling down his eyeball. A picture of me. <laughs> Wow! What is that? You zoom in. Right. <laughs> you we are fast best friends. That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> they bond, man. These pups still bond. So I was like, Thursday, I won't get really drunk because I need to not be hungover for Friday. And then I was just really drunk every night. And it's just odd to me because I'm just not. That was my lifestyle in my twenties. It really was. I and I and I solved it. And then, but I 
I'm 37, and it's been a while. I uh, and I, I, I I've also did the recently the like two months off from drinking. Sure, and I'm like was humiliated about how much better I felt. Yes, man. And, and it, do you and do you have that moment where you're like, man, what would the last decade of my life been like if I just <laughs> Yeah, I don't even have to quit drinking if I just got it down to one day a week or whatever. Like, right. how much better would I feel? How much less diarrhea would I have? Uh, everything comes back to GI stress for me. <laughs> Dude, no, no, totally bad <laughs> diarrhea. And like, I had a whole constipation period that was for sure that. Oof, yeah. There's another thing too. Where like, we're like, it's one thing during the period of your life. For me, it was like college, and for a couple of years after college, where everyone around me was constantly partying. There's one, that's one thing. And uh, yeah, my life definitely would have been better had I tempered the drinking during that. Right. But then, then, from then till now, slowly but surely, all the people I like have one by one dropped into people who don't drink as much. Right. And then I have the brain of someone who wants to go out and have it be an adventure still. And so that's what I really think about when I quit drinking. I just like go over all the nights in my head where I'm like, I'm going to get drunk tonight. And then it's kind of just me. Right, uh, right. Yeah. You're like, like the only one pushing the pace. And yeah. Everyone else and is other like, people are like, okay, I mean, I'll have another, you know, $9 beer, but then I'm going to go home yeah. and go to bed. Yeah. Our, like, careers, our careers in our cities, uh, the where we choose to live, really allow, like, yeah. really. They, it sort of permits us to party. Yeah. Like, because I, I lived in New York until I was like 32, New York City until I was like 32. So it was like, that was like everyone, no one has cars. So you're just right. like, I can get fucked up on a casual whim. I can have four beers like <laughs> after a show. Totally. I, I, I could have four beers after uh, a meeting at three in the afternoon. Like, right. it's just very ca- easy to, and then everyone around you is kind of always drinking or is like, let's meet for a drink before blank because no one wants to go all the way home to their small apartments and come back. Right. And then you're just like, oh, well, I live in New York, so I have to drink. And then it's like, yeah. you can't do that if you live there for 10 years. <laughs> like, no, just... just like with the touring. Yeah, They're exactly. Like, yeah. It's not an adventure if it's every day. Right. You have yeah. to like start to like yeah. realize, yeah. Um, so Brad Pitt's body. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I uh, just so there are two... Uh, Two things I wanted to say about what you said already with him. First of all, I, I do need to point out what you were talking about with edging with him. Um, I mean, let's be honest. I do that in more ways than one. Yeah. Uh, I do need to say I jerk off thinking about Brad Pitt. I just wanted to say that on your podcast. I am. Um, I'm straight. Except for Brad Pitt. Yeah, um, I, I, I jerk off trying not to think about Brad Pitt, but he just gets in there. I'm like... Yeah, you know how you I've got to... forty Pornhub tabs open, <laughs> and I still can't stop thinking about fucking Brad. And Pitt. then all of a sudden, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood movie poster pops into my brain. <laughs> I'm and... like, oh yeah, <laughs> Brad Cliff Booth on the roof. Specifically, edging. Uh, <laughs> I only edge to him. Oh um, yeah, he's the only one who has the power. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I okay. So I I had never seen Once Upon a Time Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I knew I was doing this show today, and I was like. I definitely need to have seen that if I'm going to talk about Brad. Yeah. Uh, so I was watching it with my roommate, Zach, and uh, and I shit you not, I wish I had taped this. I uh, We were watching it, and then that roof scene happens, and, uh, and Zach, and I don't even really know why, he just turns to me and he goes, well, here it is. This is your moment. <laughs> like, he I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, one moment you're like pressing your heart on into your pants. Like, what are you talking about? I have nothing. I'm not having any different thoughts than you are. 
uh, smash cut to us both jerking off. I, uh, <laughs> um, I have to go. Me too. <laughs> Sprint in separate bedrooms. Um, I, uh, yeah, no. And, and like we talked about it and it was literally because I told him I was doing a podcast where, where I was talking about Brad Pitt, but I still think it's weird. It's because he, I think that a lot of people had that similar, same thought as you, because like all he knew was that I was doing a podcast where I was talking about Brad Pitt. He also knew I was a big fan of Brad Pitt, but like he pulled out that rooftop scene to be like, this is the, your crowning moment for your podcast. And it actually kind of is. It feels weirdly like Quentin, did that too like like yeah. he like that was a build up for him too it felt like yeah. cuz that that everything about it is extremely male gazy yes. like, but from a male on male gazy if you will yeah yeah totally yeah. and i will say i'll bet you like like i i just said i'm not gay i mean that's mostly true <laughs> right, yeah. i would call myself straight but also i'm attracted to a man here and there yeah, and that's same. like a thing i've st- right yeah, i, I think like that's probably more when, normal, more common than we think. Yeah. Most men who identify straight, that's probably the case, yeah. I would guess. But um, I would, like, as a 37-year-old who knows and likes myself way better than I used to, Yeah, I would bet also that a little bit of my disdain for Brad Pitt was light attraction. That's right, like guess. a, rea- a, a, a yeah. pendulum swing against you sort of being <laughs> into him. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that scene, it is funny. Like he glistens. It's right. So funny. It's like it's, it's like a <laughs> cheese, it's like a cheesecloth Vaseline shot. Like it's yeah. so and he's on the roof. His body is so insane. It's stupid. For, yeah. It's like <laughs> right? He's like 55 years old yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Totally. Uh Zach and I, uh Zach Descani, by the way, yeah. a very funny comic. I don't know if you know him. I he, do. Uh he was telling me a fact about Brad Pitt that I didn't know. That makes me love him even more because really, like, I've been really diving into him lately, uh, being like, oh, and he was in this movie? And he was like, you know, he was just the hot leading guy in this one. But then even in it, he was in 12 Monkeys in the middle of that part of his career. Yeah. He, he, While he was in The Mexican, he was also in Burn After Reading. Right. Like, yeah, fucking he did amazing. that Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. There was apparently an interview with Brad Pitt where someone asked him... How did you deal with your fame when you were at the height of your fame? And first of all, when Zach said that to me, it hadn't even occurred to me that his fame is less now, but I guess it is. I right, guess he's, yeah, he's yeah. not. Mid-90s, my wife will always talk, because she's a huge Brad Pitt head, too, and she's like, River Runs Through It, Long Hair Brad mm. is her Brad Pitt. Got it. Yeah, oh. which totally made. I think a lot of dudes, we got into Brad Pitt on Fight Club. Which yes. was sort of like, especially guys our age, because that movie came out when we were 18 or 20. Yeah. And that movie felt like, the way I talk about Fight Club is, it's one of those movies that is just a dumb meathead dude movie, but it's under the auspices that this is cinema. So yes. guys like guys like who are kind of like budding intellectuals or whatever could be like, actually, it's like, he was never even really there. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Totally. And you're like, that's like <laughs> your idea of like a deep movie at that point. But also- <laughs> Brad Pitt's got those legendary cum gutters throughout right. the whole thing. And you're like, yes, for all the dudes who ever said, I mean, I love football, I mean, but I see all the problems with it. Right, uh, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And, and made you feel like, oh, I could go see a movie that's just violent and insane and has Brad Pitt shirtless in it a bunch, and I see it under the auspices of like, this is an interesting it's take art. on uh, yeah. friendship and shit like that. Totally. Arthur, knock it off, bud. Man, he's such a sweet guy. Yeah, he's he was into putting it. His 
his paw on my hand and like holding it there so he could lick it. Yeah, he's such a sweet guy. Yeah. He was like holding me down so he can kiss me. It was really nice. Yeah. Miss, do you uh, want another cup of tea or something? <laughs> I feel like we're on an SVU episode. Yeah. Um, um, I, you know, what's funny is like I, I definitely was that dude with Fight Club, but my Brad Pitt defining movie, the first one I think of is Seven. Oh, That's the one. Yeah, he's fucking great, and that movie really is fucking is just great, undeniably fucking. And your great. favorite actor, Kevin Spacey, is in that. <laughs> Wait, what? The, what? Uh, well, what? for the listeners, you have a Kevin Spacey. He says you have a shirt whoa, on that says whoa. "Free Kevin." <laughs> Weird hill to die on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm also wearing a Bill Cosby mask. <laughs> right, I, uh, yeah. uh, things you don't know about me right now. Yeah, yeah. the audio sounds great despite you <laughs> having a fucking full-on mask on. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I'm holding a foam number one finger, and it uh, just uh, has the logo for the show Louie on it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm a real piece of shit, everybody. Um, I refuse to give up on my guys. <laughs> my guys. Man, isn't it funny how, like, there is there is a little bit of a reckoning coming in the sense that the 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 That's people just... that are all big on defending those motherfuckers uh, still have a crowd and it's gonna come around. It's gonna come around. It's so it's, it's so, so crazy. I look. I thought I thought the guy was a good stand-up comic. Of course, I can. You can. <laughs> Fill that hole in your heart. There's like a thousand great comics working, yeah. and it's like just give up on this fucking dude, guy, dude. I oh man, yeah, we learned he's it. clearly. Yeah, we don't need to get yeah, into we it. Don't have, but it, we, but there are still people. It still pops into my like social media feeds at some point. Someone saying, "What did he even do?" And I'm like, "What the fuck?" I thought we I, solved this part of it at least. Holy shit! How is this even a part of your day still? Like. Uh, <laughs> um, Seven yeah. is fucking great. He's also got really small, funny roles in. He's in True Romance as like a couch laden pothead. Oh, I've never seen True Romance. Uh, you're gonna love it. I know. I gotta see it. I have a new take on. Uh, I used to be the guy that's like, you've never seen True Romance, <laughs> or like how like. Uh, I talked about this a little bit with uh, so, uh, Matt Besser on his new on his podcast. We were talking about uh, that Billie Eilish Van Halen thing, where everyone oh, was yeah. like the backlash that she didn't know who Van Halen is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my new my new take on that is, oh, Billy, you gotta listen to Van Halen. You're gonna yeah. love it. Yeah, you gotta check it out. Totally. And, but how do we expect people to know, like, see everything and know everything? It's like, how are you a 37 year old comic <laughs> if you haven't seen True Romance? It's like, what? <laughs> it's really funny. But there it's is like, that attitude of like how. It How is. have you never seen blank, you know? And, I and think the answer only- is, you know, I lived my life. I, you know, I just, whoever it is, <laughs> right. their answer is, the reason I didn't see it is, you know, like uh, the road kind of took me where it took me. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, I just didn't, I can't imagine it could possibly be someone's fault. <laughs> right, right, it's yeah. not like, well, I heard about True Romance, True Romance and lots of people told me it was good. And the reason I didn't watch it is because I wanted to anger them. <laughs> right, right. And you. I knew it one I'm day I would meet my you. closest friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so my new flip on that is just like, oh, dude. You're gonna love it. That's it's great. very great. And Brad Pitt has a very fun oh, little cool. role in it. Yeah. Cool. Like a Thelma and Louise level of a role. Oh, like he's great. got such like a small part in it. It's great. Hello, Fresh. Uh, do yourself a favor and break out of the dinner rut with Hello Fresh's 22 plus seasonal chef curated recipes 
each week. They are delicious. They've got stuff for everybody. Low-calorie, veggie, family-friendly recipes every week. HelloFresh has more five-star recipes than any other meal kit, so you know you're getting something delicious. Uh, Not to mention it's flexible, so you can add extra meals or lunches to your weekly order or throw in yummy sides and desserts like garlic bread and cookie dough. Those are literally two of my favorite foods. I can't believe that's the example they give. Easily change your delivery days or food preferences and skip a week whenever you need to. Like you're going on vacation, say hello fresh. Hold up. Let me get that hello fresh going again in a week from now. And let's talk about how you can eat more sustainably with it. Their pre-portioned ingredients means less prep for you and, more importantly, less food waste. The packaging HelloFresh uses to ship your food is almost entirely made from recyclable and or already recycled content. HelloFresh's carbon footprint is 25% lower than store-bought, grocery-made meals. Guys, get mouth-watering seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh makes cooking at home fun, easy, and affordable. HelloFresh is now from $5.66 per serving. Uh, America's number one meal kit. I'm going to just keep reading all of the uh, taglines. America's best value meal kit. Get the most meal for your moolah. Best value, delicious choice. So do yourself a favor and go to HelloFresh.com slash 10Mighty and use code 10Mighty during HelloFresh's New Year's sale for 10 free meals, including free shipping. That's right. 10 free meals with free shipping with the promo code 10MIGHTY, 10MIGHTY. So one more time, that's HelloFresh.com slash 10MIGHTY. Uh, the interview that Zach Toscani was telling me about the thing that uh, oh right right the, yeah, so yeah. jump back to that he was struggling with his fame at the height of it yeah right right he apparently his answer to that question was uh, I hated it I couldn't emotionally take it and so I I hold up at home all day most days and smoked weed that was and I heard that and it's like damn dude you're like good at all these things and you're still around and you hate fame I love you yeah it, it, and also. You smoke weed every day, yeah, like to I me. <laughs> to me, I'm just like, dude. We actually should be. We friends. should hang out, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I like. I'm ready to make the case yeah. that I think Brad Pitt might actually enjoy my company. <laughs> yeah, totally. like, All right, pump the brakes, yeah. dude. <laughs> uh, if you meet Brad, you quote that. Hey, I heard. Uh, yeah. I hate fame, and I love smoking weed too, <laughs> dude. Yeah, man. Um, I will hate fame eventually when I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, like, I mean, I know you're like famous, so you probably have one of these. But if you don't, I. I bought, uh, you know, one of those like tiny Super Nintendos that has all the games programmed into it that you can get. Now? I, ha- I have that. Yeah, like I have that. Being pulled away by security <laughs> while you're still screaming yeah. this. Yeah. He has a gun to his yeah. head. Like, <laughs> think about how much he was. And I think I know what he's referencing. Like, he was so famous, but not for. I mean, he was famous because of his movies, but. Everyone cared about him and talked about him because of Brangelina yeah. and, Je- and Jennifer Aniston and stuff like yes. that. He had to like live such a public life because of that. Yeah, and I wonder, it seems in hindsight, ju- judging by the how they reacted to their other relationships, that Jennifer Aniston was probably the same as him where they, she's like, it seems like she doesn't necessarily give a shit about the public eye, but Angelina Jolie clearly wants to have her public life her private life be public. Right, right. And that must have especially been a nightmare. Your girlfriend, your wife is like, let's walk around and get yeah, seen. And, li- and like, <laughs> and also like everyone in the world knows like 
all of oh. your kids' names and where they came from Dude. and how you had them and what how everyone feels about and like who's when a kid's birthday is like that's shit that Dude. that upsets me and it upsets me more so than how Brad must feel it upsets me that people who the people exist who would give a shit about that. Totally. Like, it's like a rampant enough market that people are like, I want to see a picture of Brad, Angelina, and their family leaving a supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> like, who totally. are these people? The fact that those people exist, like, yeah. drives me crazy. So, I, uh, a very good friend of mine is Matt Ingebretson. Do you know Matt? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's been uh, on the pod a couple of times. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, he, I don't even know. You know what? I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but. It's not a big deal if uh, if I say it because it's years in the past. Uh, I think the statute of limitations is gone. He was a ghostwriter on PerezHilton.com. That was like before he was getting comedy jobs. Right. And I think that's fine to say. Yeah. Uh, well, you can check with him. We can I'll wipe check. this all out if need yeah. be. Yeah, but yeah. I don't. I kind of feel like even if he tells me it's not, uh, let's just leave it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, My listeners know, the shitheads know, no snitch tagging. <laughs> the shitheads, I love it. So. No snitch dick, is that what you say? No snitch tagging, because oh. they people snitch tag on Twitter all the time. Oh. Yeah, like I just did Comedy Bang Bang, and I my, the character I was playing had just seen A Quiet Place and was uh, very upset with some of the rules oh. of it. And uh, people were like, yeah, at Krasinski, why, why is it like this? Oh. That's what Gabriel said on the, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. Let me talk on podcasts without bothering Krasinski. Let me shit talk John Krasinski without you getting involved. Oh man, I love John Krasinski's on the set of Jack Ryan. Like, what? I'm gonna kick this fucking guy's ass. Shows up at my house. Dude, I thought this about Krasinski, how he's like becoming such a leading man. Him and uh fuck, I forget his name. He played Andy in Parks Pratt. and Rec. Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. Um both of them are, and I don't know them, so I have no idea if they'll become this, but there's a certain thing with action star leading men where they start to drink their own Kool-Aid to the point where, you know, Mark Wahlberg literally thinks that he would have stopped 9-11. Oh, that's what all these do, like people who are good at Call of Duty think that they can go to like, uh, yeah. and like, you know, kill uh, Osama and shit like totally. that. Totally. I almost said Obama. <laughs> kill Obama. Obama bin Laden. And uh, <laughs> Obama bin shopping, maybe. <laughs> uh, and I'm starting to get worried, uh, again, I don't know him, but I'm starting to get worried about John Krasinski because of the amount of gun dudes he's been playing yes <laughs> oh he's gonna be just like a, yeah he's gonna be like a dude who's like 50 <laughs> on hgh and wears like a flak jacket around town and shit if you go to ron perlman's twitter every now and then ron perlman's like write something like about punching and i'm like buddy aren't aren't you like a didn't you go to theater school yeah, aren't like 70 <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's true I think I also think I like to think Krasinski is uh, on the set of Jack Ryan looking at Chris Pratt's Instagram like uh, you motherfucker uh, <laughs> like uh, you you got you beat me to the punch by a little bit Krasinski's not gonna get a Marvel movie yeah. you know what oh, I mean oh yeah I wonder oh like, I don't know yeah I, mean, I don't know it's obvious like who knows <laughs> eventually I, all movies will be Marvel movies so who cares <laughs> right totally um, um, let's, uh, where let's, were we with Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt. Uh, yeah. smoking weed. Uh, you loved them in uh, Once wait, Upon a Time once, in Hollywood. Once upon well, time, oh wait, yeah. No, what was your? You said your your connection to him was during oh seven. Great oh movie. right. Yeah. Let's run through some great Brad Pitt performances. Let's just say some. Uh, you know, seven was was so great, and seven I think was the that was probably the first time I saw him and clocked him as a character actor because he's just a regular 
detective in that. But then yeah, he it's loses not his about mind. how handsome he is, right? Yeah, which is weird because it should be every movie that Brad Pitt's in in seven. At some <laughs> point, someone should go, Jesus Christ, dude! Do you realize what you're a fucking gritty yeah, cop? <laughs> like totally. you're like. That's why uh, Fast and the Furious movies do it a little bit with The Rock, where they're like, Jesus Christ, man, how much do you have any time to do anything? You seem to be working out all the time. Like, how come every movie isn't that? I would just be, every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie should just people being like, holy shit, you're a fucking freak, man. I do imagine, like, I'll bet you this is true. I'll bet you this isn't even an exaggeration. Brad Pitt being on set for a movie is the kind of thing where they yell cut, and then the, like, the gaffers and the PAs are all just staring at him. Yeah, and and he's like, "Hey, where's uh, where's Crafty?" And they're like, and he's like, uh, "Where's Crafty?" And they're like, "Oh, sorry. Oh, wow. You're just so." Yeah. You're just Brad Pitt, aren't you? He's <laughs> insanely handsome and mag- a magnetic performer, and it like they really work together to hold your attention throughout whatever movie. He also has a great rep. He just has a great rep, as far as I know. Like he's being a nice guy. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. it seems like uh, yeah. He's no very... one, no one really shit talks Brad. Pitt. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, and Clooney too. I'll, I'll throw Clooney yeah. in there. You never hear negative stories about those, especially guys. since like yeah. One of the coolest thing, one of the things that made me like George Clooney even more was him marrying a woman who's so objectively more accomplished than him and right. cooler. <laughs> exactly. That's great. Yeah, Tina and Amy had that funny joke of <laughs> yeah. like talking about her a bunch. She's like, yeah, she's married. He's married. And her husband is getting... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a solid uh, joke. There's something I really <laughs> like about Clooney too and I heard this and I've been spewing it on a bunch of podcasts then I recently saw uh, information backing it up. He uses all his money from the Nespresso ads he does. <laughs> he does those Nespresso ads to maintain a drone that stays above a like uh, uh, a guy who's been convicted of war or uh, has been alleged to have done war crimes like a like a a warlord in like the Sudan or something. Forgive me for not knowing specifics, but somewhere in the Middle East, a person who's been committing atrocities on their people. He has a drone. He pays for a drone with his Nespresso money to keep an eye on this guy so he doesn't go out and do sketchy shit like that. What? <laughs> yes! No! I swear to God. <laughs> and uh, we'll look it up right after we get off this and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes if it's true. I'll put it in the show. I'm positive that's what I heard. Because it's weird that he does those Nespresso ads. He has Casamigos money. He never has to work right. again. It's fun. He's like one of the most successful <laughs> actors that we've ever known. And yeah. he made all of his money on tequila. <laughs> it's like a wild girl. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That's really specific. Yes. and it, But it also is like the reason I think it's a if it's a... If it's a hoax, the reason I find it believable, it's like it's on brand for yeah. Clooney with his sort of like third world outreach vibe. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Damn. That's so that is really I am really kind of reeling from that fact. That's really interesting. <laughs> well, going back um, to the yeah. to use those two guys. Brad Pitt can even do popcorn movies. Like, Ocean's Dude, Eleven, he's, like, totally. so good in those movies. And he's even kind of, yeah, like, I've, like, in rewatched... Movie, I'm sorry, in a movie with, like, ten megastars. Ten megastars. Know, seven megastars and ten stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he still shines with Clooney, Bernie Mac, uh, uh, Pacino, Andy Garcia, like, he, yeah. uh, Julia Roberts. He still pops in all those movies. Even with, like, a little bit of tinge of... Even when he's just that, the sort of, like, uh, hot boss guy there's like a little bit of a tinge of funny to it yeah man i was i was sitting at a stoplight at i want to get it right i think it's sunset and la brea there's no pollo loco at the corner of sunset la brea you know what i'm going to talk about now no no Uh, no. oh you don't oh my god i'm real. i'm very excited okay so i was i pulled up to a stoplight 
at, uh, I believe it's Sunset and La Brea, and at the northwest corner, there's an El Pollo Loco. And one of those um, vans that's a tour van with, like, the uh, roof taken off called, like, Hollywood Star Tours right, or something. Right, right, yes. It's like a convertible 15 pass that people sit in and get totally. sunburnt and pointed houses. Right, yes, totally. Yeah. And uh, the driver of the van has, like, a little loudspeaker, and they, like, give the tour as they're driving. And so I had my window open, and I could hear what they were saying, and the, the driver of the van said... If you look to your left, uh, there's an El Pollo Loco where uh, it was the f- where Brad Pitt had his first job he ever got in Los Angeles, and I was like, "What?" and uh, and they were like, "Yeah, he would dress as a chicken and hold a sign and dance to get people to go to El Pollo Loco." And I looked it up, and that is apparently true. Oh, <laughs> I know, I, dude. I fucking love. I'm in love. <laughs> I'm in love. He's got blue collar background. This is what I needed. That's all I needed to hear. I'm also imagining that uh, he was just a sign spinner, but he didn't he didn't have the they were like, you know what? You don't put the head on. You just wear the chicken body. (laughs) You let that you let that face hang. (laughs) Totally. Get that face out there. And uh, and they were like, you know what? Don't spin the sign. Just stand. (laughs) And actually, (laughs) can you kind of like take the chicken suit off one shoulder? (laughs) It's like the end of fame all of a sudden. It's like (laughs) we got him taking it off on the side of the street. If we can we just like tape a little bit of uh, the yellow to your chest and then we'll be good. I'll tell you what, my poyo is about to get loco, baby. (laughs) Over here. (laughs) He's like out there dancing with a sign. I just picture that, like, wh- while that is true, that that was his first job, day one, he's with the sign, and Robert Evans walked by and just like, was like, you know kid? what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hire this kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. So true. Um, the, another cool Brad Pitt thing was, uh, and I don't remember the exact specifics because it was so long ago, but in a Jackass movie or a Jackass episode, there's a sequence where a bunch of guys in ape costumes jump out of a van and they're Chiron, like, Bear Margera, so-and-so, so-and-so, and then it, one just says Brad Pitt and you laugh because they're in full gorilla. Right, so you're, like, you're like, that's, that's really Brad funny. Yeah. And then at the end of the segment, <laughs> the dude, they're all just sitting around the van and fucking one of them takes his mask off and it is Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh he did like a gorilla suit bit with the Jackass. Guys. Dude, how could you be that That's cool? That's so funny. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just so cool. Yeah, to be willing to. That's just like what George Clooney did with South Park. You know about right? This, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the voice of the dog. The dog. Yeah. <laughs> the he was like, dog. "I love your show. Can I be in your show?" And they were like, "Yeah, you can be in our fucking show." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. So seven. Uh, Seven and Fight Club are two big ones. The Oceans movies are big ones. Yes. You know what was a really big one for me was 12 Monkeys. He, yes. Uh, I haven't dude. seen that in a long time. That deserves a rewatch. From totally. Me, right? I For some reason, oh yeah, I'm like working on a thing that's sort of uh, sci-fi-y and I was thinking about Brazil and uh, and I just yeah I love Terry Gilliam across the board yeah same here yeah. and I oh, man yeah probably I'll do a rewatch of those two soon oh yeah uh, Brazil I've seen more recently Twelve Monkeys I, it's been like a decade since I've seen it. oh I'm man yeah. yeah yeah should watch it it's I feel like I'm the reverse I have seen it recently I think <laughs> oh actually I know exactly why I was on the road somewhere somewhere where no one else no one lived there like there was it was weird that there's a club or wherever i was and so just during the day i was like all right well i guess i'll watch tnt 
just like I'm 15 again. The ultimate hotel. Like I've yeah. watched so many. I've watched 70 percent of so many Law and Order episodes in yes, a hotel bed dude. on tour. <laughs> I know that's a thing. That's a like a real. That's something I really love watching specifically Law and Order in a hotel room. It is hotel TV. Yeah. It's totally. made for that because I also don't have a TV in my bedroom here, which is sort of like a thing my wife and I made the choice to do. Yeah, it's a good you know? idea. And yeah. but now when I'm on a hotel, when I'm at a, like, Ooh. even I say this about us, like we used to be in our twenties when we would go on vacation, we'd have like a hotel room, and be like, yes, no yeah. dog, yeah, no, we're, let's fuck, we got all this shit, we got yeah. towels, we got everything we need, let's just fuck <laughs> each other's brains out. Yeah. Now we're in our thirties, we're like, oh, TV, the air conditioning, order. Like, yeah, like, totally, <laughs> let's order Domino's. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna eat bad, we're not gonna leave, close yeah. the blinds, room service, breakfast, let's <laughs> totally. fucking watch uh, Law and Order all day. So yeah, I watched Twelve Monkeys on TNT, and you know, somewhere in the Dakotas or something like that. It's always crazy. I find myself when I'm watching a movie that has like, I'll be like on tour watching Top Gun with commercials, and be like, I own this on DVD. Totally, I could probably find it on my phone and watch it unbroken. <laughs> totally, <laughs> but instead, I'm just gonna be here like, uh huh. Uh, I love it. I love it when they they uh, bleep out the curse words in a movie I've seen seven <laughs> times already. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Um, so I've seen Twelve Monkeys recently, and Brad Pitt is like so. I mean, he's so good at playing crazy, and it's also a specific kind of crazy. It's yeah. like a very he plays a twitchy person, and uh, and I'm like, you know, I don't have near that bad of mental illness, but I have really bad anxiety, and like will like uh, get very. You can find abrupt. yourself getting towards there, and in yeah. the specifics of how he like delivers sentences and responds to people, I was like, I was like, God damn, dude! Like, I'm like, yeah, it's a great choice. It's researched. It's thought out. It's obvious. That I guess like yeah, totally you put effort into it. You just yeah. really don't expect someone. I mean, maybe it's because I don't know. To uh, I, I'm going to say something that maybe doesn't seem related, but it'll come back. I I feel like. Um, Not on this podcast, our... asshole. <laughs> 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 All right, motherfucker. And, uh... No, everything has to make perfect sense. We talked 40 minutes about drinking <laughs> in the middle of the Brad Pitt episode. Go, go, go. Sorry. I, I found myself sort of uh, not understanding the world and pop culture in a way recently that's newer and uh and not just because i'm older and i'm like uh out of touch yeah. but because the categories of the world are the categories that people and things fall into seem muddy in a way that they weren't for me and i realized like i think that one way that people were who grew up in the 90s were raised is that that era was very much about putting people in categories like this is a punk band this is a whatever and i do think in my mind i divided between a leading actor and a character actor and we would talk about like brian dennehy as like the greatest character actor of right all time. right right and so i like i'm like this with politics i'm like you know if uh you, if you are pro-choice, then you are pro-gay marriage and stuff like that. Right, That's what right, I'm saying. Yeah. And all these waters are getting muddy. And I do think the younger millennial generation and Gen Z are like way better about the reality that life is gray areas. Well, uh, I think yeah. I think the 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 word that is. Uh emblematic of the younger generation than us is something that we never even thought of is 
the spectrum. Yes. And it's right. like, whether it's a sexuality spectrum or like this band uh, goes across a uh, spectrum, they're punk, but they're also electronic. Yes. Uh, this person is straight, but also yes. this person has, uh, is a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Atypical, uh, or neuroatypical, right. but there's the spectrum. It's not right. just Well, just mental, non-binary. Mental, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, Every, yeah. Yeah. And it's not, there's, we just- it used to be, and it used to be good and evil. Everything, right. even movies, cinema, like uh, art, all was this or this, this yes. or this. And now I think we're learning, and it's always been true, but now we're able to address it more and just be like, this. you it's saying shades of gray spectrum. really unlocked that for me. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and for that reason, I think like it has confounded me a lot in my life and continues to. What I think, what I said at the beginning, which is like, which is that Brad Pitt is a great character actor. Like literally, even as I'm saying it and I know it, it, my brain doesn't really process it because it doesn't feel like a thing you can be. Right, right. Like you can't be Bo Jackson. You can't do both. Yes, uh, right. Well, it's like uh, and now, especially like with a uh, like. T- it used to be TV star or movie star. Right now, you can just now everyone does whatever. Now, like yeah. Clooney does Nespresso commercials. You know? Dude, I'll so, tell you what though. If uh, I'm such a fan at this point that if if there's a uh, Brad Pitt starring TV show, I'll lose my shit. Oh, I like same. I just don't know if he would do it. Yeah, it seems like he's winding down and he's right. like just doing whatever he wants. That's another thing. Is there an element of it you think? That's like, does, did this guy just always have great reps? He had always had great reps, or or personally, and I believe that he also has great taste. Yeah, like do you, to the amount of just knowing the high. He has like a, such a high batting average. Yes, with just great making him choosing great projects. Even the shit that he's in that isn't great is like burn after reading, and you're like, well, it is a Coen Brothers, movie. right? How are you going to say no to or that? Or Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Smith, which is like super fun, and yeah. with his wife at the time, right? Yeah, and that's it's... just like we're, we're going to put a fucking second wing on our house, and <laughs> yeah. I'm not going, and our kids can be on set with us for Absolutely. a fucking twelve weeks. Yeah, yeah, right. We hang out for four months, and we play action stars that <laughs> right. shoot at each other. Right, yeah. We're going to have the most sex ever this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, totally. And um, yeah, so he, I, he picks, he like, uh, I just recently rewatched Inglorious Bastards. And, oh, like, dude, that's a big one. I remember how good that movie is and like how much I like everyone in it. And then I'm watching it. And when, when Brad Pitt is introduced, I'm like, Right. <laughs> this is the fucking meat of this movie. Hell He's yeah. a Disney cartoon in that movie. He somehow has contorted his face to look like a nineteen fifty or I'm sorry, nineteen forties wartime black and white cartoon person. Yes. Literally the shape of his chin and how he talks out of it is like you look like Popeye, bro. I how did you Nazis? <laughs> you know, he's got sort of like a big he's like extra square jaw and he's saying Nazis all yeah, the time. Dude. He's so fucking cool. <laughs> he's so cool. I he's know. got like the worst alt right haircut in that movie and he looks like a yeah. fucking million dollars. <laughs> I really do wonder, it is a true talent in Hollywood to pick good projects just as a person who has basically a non-acting career like a non-career right and i'm not, not to shit on myself i i like haven't even put much effort in yet right. but like i've had i've been in it a little bit and, and so i've like been asked to do a, a some things and i've like read the scripts and done my best you know but that's a skill to just think of like you read a script 
and think about the director and who wrote it and who else is in it and to imagine to be able to imagine and know it's good that's crazy that's right. not possible i couldn't even like because i'm at the level where i couldn't imagine passing on something like, yeah, right. i'm like this is absolute garbage but your boy likes to work <laughs> like yeah to, totally but i also think nowadays there is you can do shittier stuff and yeah. it matters and people less. get it yeah, yeah. And people and matters like, like people get it more people are just like I'll watch everything that Brad Pitt's in if he just makes a shit movie. I don't care. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's not going to hold again. Like back in the day, if someone did a commercial, you'd be like, what the fuck is up right. with this guy? They're doing now it's like John Hamm is doing like a home state. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And you're like, oh, good for you. He's doing H&R Block. And you're like, what, Ham? You're a fucking Don Draper. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And like little cameos. I'm always so like, oh, you're cool. You're so right. cool. What are some of those? I'm not remembering what Tra- some of Brad Pitt's smaller roles are. Uh, yeah, especially later in his career. Early on, he's in... Uh, um, well, Brad Pitt, even in a movie that I have no... like, He's in Meet Joe Black, a movie that I I never do saw not, it. It's... It's worth watching just to see the ending because the ending is like one of the most insane like surprises <laughs> out of nowhere. Here, I'll, isn't he an alien in Mitchell Black? He's the devil. He's <laughs> okay. A, yeah, he's like <laughs> I think he's like the devil or a ghost or like a reincarnate like, and he's there to like take a, a guy away and like bring him. He's like the Grim Reaper. That's what he is. He's <laughs> oh, dead. Okay. Um, and he's but there's like all this weird shit about it, and then <laughs> I just will spoil the ending for the movie. Sure. Like. There's this. He's like in love with him. He's deaf, but he falls in love with a woman. He can't be with her because does she die? No, they like have this moment where they're walking away from each other, and they're like decided that they can't be together. But they each take turns looking back, and and the other person's not looking. And it's sort of like that classic. Yeah. Run. And then like Brad like looks back across his shoulder. She's not walking. She's continuing to walk away. So he turns back, takes two steps into the street, and gets absolutely creamed by two cars. He gets hit by one going one Whoa. way, which launches him to another one across the street, and that one hits him back the other direction. Whoa. It's wild and out of nowhere. You don't expect it to happen, and it's just a crazy ending to a movie. As soon as we're done here, I'm going to just play the ending for you off YouTube so you oh can my just God. see how insane that is. I can't it's wait. It's worth watching the whole movie just to get to that moment. That's and Anthony crazy. Hopkins, I think, is the other guy in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Man, uh, well, I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just... Genuine. I was like, tell me he lived. It's like, what, Dave? Yeah. He was from like. 15- he does all his own stunts. You knew that. He's like Jackie Chan. That's another thing I like about him. Yeah, you see the highlight, like the credits where Brad Pitt's like diving into shopping carts and shit. Well, whoa, he was also the key grip on this. Weird. Uh, was Brad Pitt in that movie Sleepers? Did was you Sleepers that was like the uh, one Kevin about the Bacon, kids who, who get were, molested yeah. and uh, abused, and then they come back as like adults and like I don't remember. Yeah, I think he's one of the guys in that too. Damn, I wish I would have looked at his IMDb just right last before night, we started right recording. Before, yeah. yeah, at least yeah, yeah. It's fun to <laughs> speculate, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, people are probably sitting here going, "I can't believe they're not <sighs> talking about." Because I haven't, I haven't seen Ad Astra, which is his new, his new. I like, bet it's perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Right? Like, is Robert Redford? his dad in that movie or something oh like, i don't know uh, someone i love sci-fi yeah. like weird especially modern sci-fi that looks immaculate now right yeah. the movie annihilation i was just like oh movies are perfect now okay yeah. great <laughs> i yeah uh, interstellar fucking rocked my world no when i saw shit. that in the theater i'm like i was so caught up in it like totally. i was just like oh my god i called my friend and i was like dude that movie changed me and he's like how and i'm like i actually don't know maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm being hyperbolic <laughs> no i'm with you hook line and sinker man yeah, dude time me. is a flat circle absolutely <laughs> I like <laughs> McConaughey's quoting his true detective character in that movie. 
They're like, Matt, stop. He's like, but, but time, it's a flat no, circle. <laughs> that's why they stay the same age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what's some other, some other pit? I mean, I never saw the Mexican, because uh, I just kind of assumed that it was a... Uh, that's the Mel Gibson one? No, no. that's... Uh, <laughs> um, if it were a Mel Gibson movie, I feel like it would be something horrifying. It would be called the like, fucking Mexican. <laughs> yeah. It's called <gasps> the... <laughs> I do it. We do impressions on Action Boys all the time of Mel Gibson's voicemails. I'm <laughs> in the hot tub sucking my dick. <laughs> You're like, Jesus Christ. Dude, I know. To find out that that dude hates Jews was it wasn't like it didn't I was I didn't I don't need Mel Gibson to be good like it it didn't destroy my world right but it's like really bud the guy who made the Patriot yeah who do you think you are he's in, <laughs> he's in in Lethal Weapon 2 he's uh the bad guys are like apartheidists from South Africa <laughs> right. and he's like you fucking racist he calls people Hitler and Adolf and oh, and yeah. all the throughout the whole movie and watching it now it's like dude this has a whole new tone <laughs> you're, to it they're you bud <laughs> yeah you're the scumbag in this oh, case oh god yeah. what was his movie uh he, there was a movie that was made and designed to bring him back and like sort of a tone and it was about like a Teddy bear or something, oh, or like a uh, rabbit. The beaver. The beaver. <laughs> it was the beaver. It was directed by Jodie Foster. What? Yeah, and it's actually a pretty good movie. It's Is fun, it? Yeah. Well, directed by Jodie Foster. Yeah, you know? it's hard. It's hard. To, <laughs> it's hard to like engage with Mel Gibson, but. The dude is also a fucking great director. Yeah. He's like, he's a very talented guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just keep your fucking mouth shut forever, please. I know, dude. But it's crazy that he does all that shit and then he's in daddy's home. <laughs> <laughs> like Will Ferrell's like, yeah, I'll do a comedy with Mel Gibson. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then isn't Mark Wahlberg in yep. the second one? God yeah. damn, dude. I think Mark Wahlberg's in the, yeah. Oh, no, it's uh, Mark Wahlberg's in the first one. Oh, okay. And then the second one, Daddy's Home Again or whatever is with Mel. <laughs> their dads show up and Mel Gibson is Daddy's Home stuff. Again. Daddy's Home. <laughs> Daddy's Homeschooled. <laughs> um, no, the Mexican was like a love story, and I'm not really. Uh, I I I remember loving Babel, which I can't off the top of my head oh, remember man. anything about except that Brad Pitt's in it, and I really dug it. I will say I I hate I remember hating Babel, but liking him in it. <laughs> yeah, and the reason I I hated Babel, you know, I'm this I don't have any judgment of anyone, whatever. Uh, right. Uh, well, how funny would that be? If I was like, you liked? It. I just leave, put the mic down, and fuck this over Babel. I take it's your like dog. That's like, yeah. no, he fucking kidnapped Arthur over Babel. <laughs> I think the reason I didn't like Babel was that was the era of that type of movie, and I had seen yeah, Crash like, and like Twenty One Grams. Yeah, like sweeping stories told how uh, everyone's intertwined in like totally. a weird way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connect the dots movies. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in that one, it was like the third one I've seen, and I was like, oh. God damn. Uh, and I was just irritated. But, Moneyball. Uh, Sorry. Oh, he's great I'm, I'm Moneyball. remembering great role. He was so fucking good in I Moneyball. just rewatched that. He's so good. Just eat, He's eating in every scene, like which is like a kind of a Brad Pitt thing. You could probably like search on YouTube Brad Pitt eating in scenes. He's a great scene eater. He That is true. He's very good at that type of like, yeah food in his mouth or like being occupied in some way yeah and coming then... across is so normal he's yeah very exactly good at that. yeah he's very good <laughs> exactly in once upon a time in hollywood i i really 
Man, it's funny because I wasn't totally into that movie. I oh. didn't really love it, but I loved him. I absolutely did. I think that really? is maybe my favorite movie of the year. Still. No yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. And I feel I, I feel insane that my favorite movie is of the year are like that and The Irishman. I get that that's oh, like funny. the two most like uh, sh- white straight male movies of the. But what you liked him? Yeah. You know? I'm I, like you. I'm like that too, though, man. I love. There are a lot of times. The collective consciousness is like fuck that, and they make fun of it forever. And I'm like, like I liked Apocalypto. Yeah, you know what I same. Mean? <laughs> Mel Gibson directed. Yeah, dude. Totally. It's so fucking good. It's so good. It's so, that's a very good movie. Very and that's violent. a cultural punchline. Yes, people. <laughs> yes, people hate that movie. At like across the board the, and I'm like ah, I love it <laughs> and everyone's complaints about the Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood drove me crazy. Like I was yeah. just like I'm like I get. You can have that complaint, but I don't think that's a way to write off the movie. It's like, yeah. oh, it's very violent towards women in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm like, are you talking about minute 168 of the film? Yeah. You know, we have two and a half hours before he kills women. You right. Know? Like, it's like, that's a lot going on in that movie. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I'll, they were, the plan in real history was that they killed a woman and then they did. Yeah. And so he was like, the whole thing was that he was killing the people to stop them from killing this woman that we've all never stopped mourning for. Right, right. Yeah. And it's it's crazy that that was the backlash. Yeah. It's like, I can't believe. And it is fucked up and violent, but it should. And th- we talk about this a lot on Action Boys, uh, my other podcast, uh, so I feel bad double quoting, but <laughs> we should be trying to figure out if we like characters in movies. Yes. It shouldn't be, well, you love Captain America and you hate Thanos. Like, I mean, yes, obviously some movies are yeah. that. But like... It should when, be a little complicated. Yeah, Absolutely. when you see Uncut Gems, you should be like, am I, should I even be rooting for Adam Sandler anymore in this movie? Man, I haven't seen that. I gotta see it. Very enjoyable. I, can, I, can I tell you as a, a quick aside about the Sharon Tate thing? Yeah. I, uh, when I was in eighth grade, I... Uh, Where are you from? I, I'm from... I was a Navy kid. I moved oh. a lot. And so I would have been in... Well, I'm from upstate New York, basically. That was eighth yeah. grade in high school for me. Cool. Um, and so in eighth grade, uh, my parents I were like... We were in a mall, and I had some money saved up, or maybe they gave me money. I don't remember. But I like ran off, and I went to Sam Goody, and I bought um, Antichrist Superstar from Marilyn Manson, that yes, album. Yes. Um, and I showed it to my mom when I found her. And she was like, oh, and took it out of my hand and threw it away and was like, never oh, dude, again with that. That was like 1899 at Sam Goody or something like that, yeah, too. That's totally. so, uh, that's I was a like, lot. No. Uh, yeah. But I, and she, yeah. And I'm sure, I would imagine she was like, we'll get you another album. It just can't be that one right, or something right, like right, that. Yeah. And so I also didn't grow up religious, but we did like, say grace that was like really it yeah so i i assumed reticently but i assumed like okay antichrist she didn't like that uh and then she was like it's marilyn manson no marilyn manson and i was like oh okay and and then i i thought like i guess it's like the same thing as the columbine thing people assume that it was like bad for kids or whatever 
And then just in passing, when I was like 18 or 19, my mother told me that she was on the cheerleading team with Sharon Tate. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. So you're like, uh, anything that has to do with Antichrist and that, that stuff. Well, is and also- Manson. Right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. any, it was literally Manson, the word yeah. Manson. She <laughs> right. was like, fuck that. I, uh, um, I can't even hear the word Manson. That's my friend. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. totally. Have, have you, uh, is your mom still around? Uh, yeah, she's still around. I haven't brought it up since. I wonder, ask her if she, what, about what, if she saw Once Upon a Time oh, in Hollywood. I will. <laughs> oh, that's a, like if it, oh my because God. Because I think they paint Sharon Tate in a great light in that movie. Dude, she's not just an object. No. We see her, the moment when she goes. she's enjoying people enjoying her movie. And yeah, It's so dude. cool. Oh my God. It hits, and her feet are like dirty and shit. Yeah. yeah it's, it's awesome. And she's like. Somehow managed to like be cool with both of these dudes who are in that house. That whole thing's very weird, and yeah. she navigates it. I know. I hadn't even. Th- I'm so happy you said that because I because literally my mother is the person that that movie is a pressure release valve for. Right. I mean, not as much as Sharon Tate's family, but right. like, wow, I never thought of that. If I I am going to ask her if I want to find out. If uh, Quentin Tarantino made my mom feel better, <laughs> right? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah, so. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool, uh, dude. That scene where Brad Pitt shows up. That scene at uh, what's it called? Squaw Ranch or oh su- yeah, yeah, Saddle Ranch or something. Whatever. Something, something like that. Yeah. That uh, I was like, I was like super crushing on that scene. To just. I don't know. He sits down next to that old guy and is like, uh, I don't know, man. I, like all the shit where like squeaky answers the door and it's all sketchy. And then yeah. you go in there and Bruce Dern's laying in there. That was supposed to be Burt Reynolds. He, he did the table read, but he passed away in between the table read oh, and the man. production. Yeah. Great casting. I mean, Bruce Dern's Bruce, amazing and everything, totally. but that's a fucking, that's got Burt, home run for Burt right yeah, there. Yeah, totally. Um, that Brad Pitt, so my, my favorite Brad Pitt moment besides the shirt off and the uh, <laughs> slaughter of uh, murderers, uh-huh. the other great Brad Pitt read in that movie is when uh, the hot uh, brunette is like, fuck you, pig. And he goes, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, this is a problem. Like she's hot and young and dangerous. Yeah. And I am kind of attracted and need to, but also know this is bad. <laughs> yeah. And I also love, and I know it's a character, but I generalize it to him because I'm such a fan when he's like, let me see some ID. I was like, that's my dude. Yeah. yeah well, dude. it's like so <laughs> not of the time. Of that. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. Like, but it was, um, it, but Cliff Booth is like out of time as well in this movie. He's sort yeah. of like a, and the fact that, Every he like we maybe should hate him because he did kill his wife on a boat. You know? Dude, that seems <laughs> fucking insane, man. And her name is like Janice, right? It's like or like oh, what's the name of the woman who? Uh, it's Natalie, like Natalie Holloway, the one. No, oh, I forget what it is. It's the same first name as the woman who allegedly did die on the boat with Jack Nicholson. And uh, oh, I don't know anything about this. Oh, that's uh, based on a true story. Oh, oh. Fuck, I forget who it is. I think her name is Natalie. Oh, this is so bad that we don't do research, but someone mysteriously <laughs> died like someone's wife mysteriously died on a boat and like major celebrities are part of it and i feel like walken and nicholson are somehow involved oh, like we're Jesus. there or something like that and again i'm speak- i'm speaking so off the top mm-hmm. of my dome listeners so just yeah. google it but it's the name he gives the woman that bef- when he's holding the spear gun it's a real person that's a that's a real that's the first name of the woman who went missing on the boat is rick dalton supposed to be a real character 
No, a real I don't person? think so. He's. Ba- uh, I listened to a great, uh, and I'll I'll send you the link. I listened to a great three part interview with Quentin Tarantino okay. about uh, from Amy Nicholson about his movies, and he kind of goes into a lot of stuff. But then he also did for the Pure Cinema podcast, which is the New Beverly's podcast. He did a whole thing about all the movies that were inspiring to these characters. And he really t- explains to you how Rick Dalton's like a blend of these X amount of people. A lot of people who uh, went from being leading men in Hollywood uh, and just like handsome, I'm a cop, yeah. I'm a detective, I'm a cowboy, to when movies kind of changed away from that. And right. it was like more about like the actor's actors and not man- man's man. Right. And he like kind of goes through that. And you, see, and you see that so obvious with Rick Dalton in that movie. Totally. Yeah. Man, that scene where he... Uh, finds his mojo again and throws the girl on the ground. I yeah. was like, oh, I, I, it's funny. Like, I guess I, I feel like I've seen a lot of movies and I'm in this environment. I, I don't really get that jazzed for a, for a character finding himself. I, I guess it's yeah. like hard for me. Right. But right. Cause like, you know, cause you know the work, you know that the, it's the, yeah. the character having not found himself is scripted. It's like yeah. created by someone. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So it makes total sense. Uh, my favorite, another one of my favorite moments in that movie is when they're watching, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, they're watching Rick Dalton's clip from FBI. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're like, like that's the most realistic actor shit. This guy's actually pretty cool. This guy was a dick, yeah. you know? And they're <laughs> yeah, like talking totally. about the people as they come. He's like, yeah, cause fucking Rick Dalton's got a fucking shotgun. And they're like all pumped about how cool he looks and shit. <laughs> yeah. It's the totally. realest fucking shit. He says something like, wow. Yeah. Like, uh, you really got to light him up or something <laughs> yeah, exactly. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so totally. fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's so funny. To be how old is Brad Pitt now? He's like fifty. Something? I think he's fifty five or fifty six. To something. still get to play the fucking cool motherfucker in a movie, I'm I'm jealous of that. Right. Uh, a friend of mine just reminded me that like I'm too old to ever play a soldier in a movie. Now. Right. Yeah. But then you watch these movies and you're like, well, how is this forty eight year old man technically at in Vietnam? And it's yeah. like, well, whatever. We I'll eventually do that. Yeah. Did you see that movie Fury? Have you seen that movie? Yes. Oh shit! Talk about Brad Pitt. Totally. Weird haircuts. He weird fu- haircuts. Weird like. War, um, uh, what's the affect on his voice? Yeah. yeah, I really liked that movie. I liked it a lot too, except I will say it was approaching too disturbing for me. The, with the fa- with the house shit, dude. With, uh, that shit was so fucked up. I, uh, what's his name? John Bernthal. He's a very from good from uh, Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a very good actor, and he upset me in that movie. He upsets me in almost everything he's fucking in. In Walking Dead, his character is like, "Kill this guy! I can't handle <laughs> right. him in the show." I, <laughs> he's way too good at being that. That's um, really funny. Even in Kill like, this guy. Sicario. He's, yeah. Oh my god. Dude. Oh fuck, dude. Yeah, he's a piece of shit in a good way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fury's cool, man. I, I like that movie. It's ups- it's like intense and upsetting in a way you know what i'm realizing is that i i think i haven't seen a lot of brad pitt movies oh well this is fucking amazing like we, yeah. we got, get, get, you got yourself a project i'm gonna rewatch 12 monkeys and then over the holiday break for sure totally and i'm yeah. at a point where when this podcast i don't know how long you've been talking but i think i've exhausted the movies i've seen it's quite possible see- i'm sure there's a few we can't think of that'll come to us like randomly like Moneyball. and i'm, Moneyball. I'm assuming the second i we say goodbye we're going to be like, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are 400 more, dude. 
God damn it. Um, well, Dave, uh, that's perfect timing. To, we're exhausted. We've said five Brad Pitt movies. We've talked about how we're obsessed with them. We can't think of any more. It's the perfect example yeah. of how this podcast works. Um, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. This is Dude, great. It's really good to meet you. Yeah, Thank nice you so to meet you, too. Me. Of course. This will come out in the, in the new year. So if you have anything you want to plug... Oh, us sure. with it. Yeah. I got some touring in California, Oklahoma, Texas, and Toronto in uh, January. Cool. And then some stuff in the South and then on the East Coast in March and April. Can they go to like DaveRoss.com to see your tickets? DaveToTheRoss.com. DaveToTheRoss. Yeah. D A V E T O T H E R O S S dot com. Great. And then your podcast is Suicide Buddies with Hampton. Yep. And my album is The Only Man Who Has Ever Had Sex. And that's also all on my website. That's all out there now. Yeah. So go to DaveToTheRoss.com and track down all this shit and yeah. uh, see your stuff dude uh, thank you this was so fun man. this is a blast I'm at Gabris on social media do, do me a favor I'm gonna tweet about this episode respond to this tweet with your favorite Brad Pitt moment or Brad Pitt movie that maybe we forgot because I'm assuming we forgot a bunch so bet. let yeah let us know um, I'm at Gabris on social media I think I said that listen to my podcast Action Boys I'll be touring in January in the Northeast hitting Philly Boston New York and in February I'll be in uh, doing a Texas tour so check me out down there Bye, shitheads. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast.